Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. We are reunited. Vic Mattis is back in the building. We're going to find out how he's doing in a second. We have a great show for you today. It is, as of this airing, it will be less than a week before Election Day. So we're going to do a lot of election news uh, with some free expression news. The free speech, one of my favorite topics. Uh, let's go over to Vic and see how he's doing. We need an update on you. Hello, Mary Catherine. He looks good. I'll tell you guys that. Well, thank you. My, first, I want to say thank you to the medical staff, the doctors and nurses at Fair Oaks Innova, which is the smaller of the Innova hospitals. Fairfax right. is the big one. Fair Oaks is like specialties and outpatient, I think. So I want to say thank you to doctors Jay Buxton and Michael Gentile. Dr. Buxton said to me to prepare for a post-surgery looking like the mayor of Whoville. But, you know, they have you on steroids <laughs> and things to control inflammation right. and everything else. So I did not look like the mayor of Whoville. I did kind of look like an Asian Freddie Mercury, <laughs> you know, sort of like <laughs> with that massive overbite. I like it. Yes, but I'm doing fine. And I'm just a little gunked up, but I can't tell if it's, if it's post-surgery or things that are going around right yeah. now. It could be several things. It could be. But but yes, doing fine. You can't even see, you know, the technology today, as they say in science today, the stitches are imperceptible. They're like these clear stitches or Crazy. whatever. So you can't tell. I can feel it. And, my, and, and, and the good news was, of course, the soft food diet. So that, that we know what that means. Anything crispy and crunchy, you can't have. And what are those are all carbs. Yes. So it's a massive carb reduction. And I kid you not, I lost, in the span of one week, almost 10 pounds. Wow. It's massive. I was miserable. You, you do look spelt. Thank you. I put three pounds ready back on. So I really need to hold the line <laughs> now that I can chew more. Yes. But I would say the worst moment was sitting at the dinner table. I had mentioned maybe mashed potatoes would be nice. So Kate, my wife, had gone to Popeye's and got for me mashed potatoes and fried chicken for the kids. The, the mashed potato was too spicy. So... It hurts my throat because what happens is I was intubated. So, you yep. know, the anesthesiologist was very point blank. He's like, you're going to be on a respirator. This, we're going to go through your nose. And I'm, so it's, it's, it's very sore. And so anything in that area is very sensitive. So I couldn't eat. And I'm staring at my family. And they're like, oh, this is too much fried chicken. Oh, I can't finish this. <laughs> it's so crispy. Oh, it's so crispy. It's too much. I, we're going to have to throw this away. We can't eat. I was so angry. <laughs> that was for me the worst moment. That one, I mean, you know, you understand yeah, more than the nosebleeds because you know this that whole area which sometimes people oh, call the triangle man. of death. I was really worried about it, but it was great. You do feel like you know the the room did not fade to black. It just stopped. You know, it was just sudden. Oh yeah, I always have them. I've I've only been under a couple of times, but I always have a moment where I just am looking at the ceiling at the hospital going, yes. <laughs> and then it's over. <laughs> That's it. No, I was I was conscious when they wheeled me into the OR. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my gosh, there's all these people here. But by now, the drug, you know, it's yeah. the Michael Jackson drugs, right? It's the propofol, right? I mean, it's going in, and you're like, oh, you're Quick not acting. Act Quick acting. Yes. You know, and you're not really panicking anymore because you're sort of in the state. And then they put the mask, and they just said, keep on breathing deeply, deeply. And then it just stopped. So there was no countdown. Yeah. And then uh, it felt about like three seconds or four. And yeah. then I wake up and then you're in the recovery I know, I'm, all, I'm always like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> I have to tell you. If, uh, By the way, yeah. for those who have not heard the story, the basics are that Vic had a rogue tooth stuck right. in his skull Sorry. somewhere for all these years and they had to get it out. It went. The rogue tooth is an extra tooth that was in the nasal floor that had been there for decades. Right. But it formed a cyst. So they said it's really bad because it's got bigger and bigger. And then, you know. Locally destructive, as they said. So right. they cleared it out. And the great news, and I, again, I want to also thank listeners for all your thoughts and prayers. Many of you sent me lovely notes. Thank you very much. And the great news, biopsy results came back. It's negative. Yeah. So we're good. All right. Mary, so you are healthy. That's it. I'm healthy. I'm ready to go. I just a little, I get tired towards the end of the day, you know, and, and things like that. But same here. Same, for different reasons. <laughs> for different reasons. Mary Catherine, how are you? I have to say this. Yes. Loved the shows last week. Thank you. You had the two Joshes on. I did. Josh Holmes and Josh Kraushar. And I have to say, it it was so lovely to hear you having co-hosts that were actually informative. <laughs> you know, it's like, you're like, wow, I learned something today. Yeah, but what do they know about wine and steak, Oh, Vic? right. You know? That's, oh, thank you. You're very kind. Holmes will email me and say, I know plenty. <laughs> I know no, plenty. It was really nice to have. I thought it was great. No, it's. I, I think it's good to do a little 
deep dive mm-hmm. with the Joshes oh, yeah. on, on the election. That's what people care about these days, and they're going to be caring about it intensely down the hours. for the next week. But before we get to election news and Elon owning Twitter yeah. and DHS managing Twitter, it turns out, yeah. and the Paul Pelosi attack fallout mm-hmm. and COVID amnesty, before we get to any of that, we do have to go over Halloween quickly. Yes. How was your Halloween? It was a terrible weather day in the Washington well, area. Well, that, that was really the only downside. It was a pretty large downside, though. And, of course, today is beautiful, and the day before that was beautiful. Yeah, yesterday. The day before that was gorgeous. Now, as I said, my my big girls went rogue this year, so I had already dressed up for Halloween and taken some pictures and did not find it necessary to do so again. Although, right before I was going to – I was taking them up to their school because they do a trunk or treat, which is, you know, do the parking lot. And I thought, okay, well, it's raining, so we can quickly – this will be an efficient trunk move, tree, right? Yeah. Trunk or treat, we'll just fill up those things and be back to the house in no time. And I was about to go up there just in a flannel shirt and some jeans and boots. And I said, I can't do it. I can't do boring mom. You are a spirit of Halloween. Person. Yeah. You really are. I was going to do it. I was like, it's raining. I'm pregnant. I don't want to do it. And then I put on my whole fat Thor costume and went out to the school and embarrassed my children the way that God meant me to. Yeah, you're supposed to. <laughs> and Fat they, Thor, that's so funny. That's great. Yes. It's perfect. We were fat Thor and fit Thor. So well, Steve was. The, we all know who Fit Thor yeah. is. <laughs> he did a lot of he did a lot of work getting ready for that costume, <laughs> up to the weights on the old arm. I bet rack. he did get those veins bursting. Yeah. No, he's like Hemsworth yeah. will not embarrass me. No. So, yeah. anyway, and I worked very hard on my belly. So we both put in a lot of work. You can see those costumes at MK Hammer Time on Instagram, if you would like to look them up. And uh, I took the two girls out. They were dressed of dressed as like fairies of some sort. Now, the, the girls, <laughs> you, you decided that they would be able they to... They could just pick their own. ...unilaterally choose yeah. what they want. Yeah. Okay. They and were, how did fine. they? And they did... It was... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it drove you crazy, didn't it? No, no, no. no I, sure. It was fine. Actually, I was I was in the mood for a break, as I said in the last episode. I had... I did six costumes last year. The whole family, a newborn and a dog included. Mm-hmm. And this year, I was up for a little break. So... They wanted to be fairies of some kind. One was from a Netflix show. The other one was just gothic fairy was what she wanted to be. So we made her like a little bit punk rock. Gothic fairy. I don't, I don't know where she got that from. But I took them up to the school. You know, they they walked around. They did their trunk or treat. And then a friend came to visit. My friend Emily came to visit and took them around the neighborhood a little bit when I was tired. So that was great. But yeah, we we, we did the thing. We got lots of candy. God, they have enough candy to last them a year. Right. It's ridiculous. Do they have favorites? Um, like, yes. What, and also, at the end of the day, like a week from now, what's left in the bag? That's what well, I want to know. Well, no, we, we limit the consumption pretty mm-hmm. strictly because okay. one of them gets very crazy on sugar. The other one's fine. But okay. we limit it pretty good. But I have to say, the adults in our house have very adult taste in candy. Mm-hmm. So it's dark chocolate. Of course. York peppermint patties. Oh. Mounds for yeah, me. Yeah, not almond joy, right. And for Steve, it's just Twizzlers. Like... If you he would he would eat everything, but Twizzlers are the real weakness. So really? we pull out the Twizzlers and we donate those to Steve to keep him away from the rest of the candy. I went through like I, I remember <laughs> going through a Twizzler fa- phase, but I was six. I love Twizzlers. Yeah, too. I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm past that. But. Yeah, I, d- I feel like it's a non kid friendly those those choices. We we safely steal from our children because those aren't the ones that they're into. I also yeah. like a Sour Patch Kid. Anyway. I did too. You know what I was thinking? <laughs> I, you know what I really liked were the sweet tarts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. You know, pill, there's like pill pop. You just got to watch out because they might be fentanyl. That's like, true. They're not going to no, be, no, be fentanyl, I, that's, guys. That's, that's, that's true. That's true. Okay. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are safe. Yeah. You guys are safe. Okay. I think everybody was safe. Hopefully. Thank let's, you. let's move to some election slash free expression, expression news because it's all tangled up together right now. Elon Musk did it while you were gone, Vic. He was, bought the Twitter. I was going to come back and say, did I miss anything? <laughs> he he bought the Twitter. He entered with his sink into well, headquarters. Why the sink? Because he wanted to make a dad joke, which was let that sink in. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He is a dork. Okay. Yeah. That's, I was going to say, well, you, like they, they move. He he push, he he put everything in, including the kitchen sink. No, it was, it was just sort of a, for the pun, I oh, think. Wow. And it was a porcelain sink. I wonder how expensive that sink was and what happened to it. 
can I use it for a yeah. home improvement project? Yeah. yeah. It's made of some precious, <laughs> so you know. He waltzes in. And I got to say, the the online meltdown since yeah. he has taken over, and according to several people who are still there, has not made changes in content moderation. Like, he just got there. Now, he did make changes in personnel. Personnel, personnel changes. Yeah. Some people have left the building. Fired for cause, by the way, so, so that he can avoid the golden parachute payouts, which, good. They'll find another job for a gajillion dollars. That's how this works. Yeah, I mean, they also have Twitter stock, so they're okay, right? Yeah. I mean, they don't lose that, so there's, you know. $44 billion. Yeah. Which I think is slightly overvalued. Yeah, probably. By several billion? Probably. But he doesn't mind, and the first thing I saw, the first images I saw besides the, the sink picture was his visiting the, what must be their famous coffee shop, which must be an amazing coffee shop because it's, you know, out there in that world in, 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 in sort of, I assume, oh, yeah. in, in California, right? And so, you know, they have a barista and the whole deal and everybody loves doing the coffee thing out there and the looks on some of the faces, you know, with daggers in their eyes. It was like, it was like the Obama staff signed up, lined up when Trump walked into the White House. You remember that famous picture? Oh, yeah. That's what it looked yeah, like. Yeah, That's yeah, what it looked yeah, like. Yeah, right. But yes, the, the histrionics have been great. Yeah. I mean... I actually, I've never been that involved in all of the allegations of how Twitter's throttling people and maybe shadow banning. People are talking about this, by partly the way. because yeah. partly because around 2020, I was like, this is not a fun place to be, and I mm -hmm. kind of took a break for sure. a while. So I'm I'm not that engaged with it, and they just like ban people too often for me to keep up with it, yeah, and suspend people too often for me to keep up with it. But I would say like a medium on how much I think that they throttle conservatives. I do think they do. But some of the stuff I feel like yeah. feels a little, this might just be that people aren't engaging with this tweet. However, mm -hmm. the reaction from people on the left makes me think, wow, what were they getting out of this deal? Because they are really freaked out about new management in the very early days, which yep. I know, I guess if you were like a fanboy of the two top executives who he let go, that maybe you would have concerns, but like, we're just a couple days into this, guys. Keep tweeting. Keep your heads yeah. about you. But they are not keeping their heads about them. No. So the big changes, as you mentioned, is the, the top executives, including Power Agarwal and the woman who is in charge of basically the censorship department. Mm -hmm. And they're gone. And then he dissolved the board, which I thought was funny because it was, I believe, Sonny Bunch who made a joke saying that the, the local systems will keep them, you know, in line, you know, fear, you know, like in Star Wars. And that's, you know, because now it's just Elon's, it's Elon's playground, right? This right. is his place now. And this is what he's doing. But I am seeing a lot of people say, oh, a few days in, it's already terrible. And all the stuff they're seeing, all these terrible things happening on their feed. I haven't seen much different It looks the same the to feed. me. It looks the same yeah. to me. Vijaya Gad that's, that's is, the, is right. the woman who has been fired, who... The left amusingly lauded as a free speech warrior. Yeah. And we're going to get to her again in another story on this this episode yeah. that shows she's not a free speech warrior, but they're like, she's done more for free speech. And by that, they mean that they don't understand what free speech is because what she actually did was throttle the speech of those people yeah. that she disagreed with and people that she didn't like. And as long as you liked those decisions, mm -hmm. that was great. But it wasn't so great for people who were throttled and often unfairly. We really do live in a world where, you know, certain people are just not used to having their opinions being challenged. And any sort of diversity of an opinion is offensive. They're also sort of transparently like, but it's a week before the election. What if there's a bad story that we can't shut yeah. up? Which, yeah. as you guys will remember, is what happened in 2020 before the election when there was a concerted censorship effort. It turns out in concert with the government. Again, we will get to this in concert yeah. with the government and these large social media entities to censor the Hunter Biden laptop right. story. It turned out to be true. Oops. And a bunch of people on Twitter, like a bunch of blue check marks are like, well, what's going to happen if there's another bad story? We can't shut it up. Another bad story. I mean, mis I mean, yeah. Russian disinformation, air quotes. Sure. My children just learned to use air quotes and they're actually doing it properly. Oh, they're I, not doing I, it like facing forward, like no, little claws, like, talons, little no, they, little talons. No, I just mean like contextually they're, oh, they're correct. They, oh, they don't just do yes. it randomly. I insist Good that they them. do that correctly. I insist that they 
say she and I and those those constructions correctly and that they use literally correctly. Those are my demands on them. And That's a hard one. I mean, uh, uh, grown-ups. <laughs> grown-ups. Yes. Like, I felt my head was literally going to explode, like Belloc was in it, Raiders though? of the Lost Ark. Was it? Two thoughts here. One is, there was an interesting article not long ago by Ted Joya, the great sort of, you know, he was like a poet laureate, I think. And nevertheless, he was exploring the possibility that the internet as we know it, within a few years, was going to cease to exist. And it made me wonder about Elon's purchase of this platform and is Twitter on its way out? And I, you know, part of me hopes that if that ever happened, it's because we all decided to spend more time in the real world and not, <laughs> that's not funny, and, Vic. And, yeah, yeah, I know, wishful thinking and not in meta, yeah. right? Which obviously that's not that's working not out. Not doing well. That's not, not doing, doing well. well. People don't want that. People don't want Ready Player One, yeah. as it turns out. And, you know, the cynical side of me is, yes, people will move away from Twitter and they'll just all be on TikTok to get their news and information. Well, and there was some, okay, there's a couple rumors flying. So for, first of all, let me get out of the way the the Gen Z slash millennial temper tantrum from workers at Twitter yeah. who demand that Elon Musk not fire them. <laughs> like, sir, you cannot take my job from me. Well, they would probably wouldn't call him sir, dude. Dude, you cannot take my job from me. Well, that's actually how this works. If he owns the company, he can make those decisions. Yeah. But there is a draft of an open letter circulating among Twitter employees. Elon Musk's plan to lay off 75% of Twitter workers will hurt Twitter's ability to serve the public conversation. I think you guys have been hurting it pretty good already. That's that's the issue. That's the issue. He does plan, I had read, something like a third of staff are going to be laid off. Well, I, he, I would not be surprised if there's some bloat over at Twitter. There, no, there was no, a funny, I'm, I'm sure there's there a lot was of a funny, comfy uh, gigs in Twitter. There was a, speaking of TikTok, there was a funny TikTok going around of, oh. a, of a woman oh. enjoying her day in the life at Twitter HQ. And she's like, anyway, so I buzz into this private room. And it's like, you know, beautiful paneling behind her. It's soundproof. And then I get on to lunch and she's got like beef tenderloin cut up for her. And then... There's a there's a yoga room for yogis. I didn't do yoga, but I went and had some cab from the from that's on top. And then we went up to the rooftop where we just enjoyed the beautiful scenery. And that is <laughs> Yeah. That's the day of the life. There were gonna... two meetings cited during all of this, but it was mostly the yoga and the <laughs> Well, and then Elon hinted There might be some bloat. Elon hinted that, you know, there are way too many managers, you know way out of proportion on that sort of staff ratio. And so I have, imagine a lot of those people are going to go. But there are other people who think that, you know, yeah. this is a good thing. So, well, and yeah. let me finish out the rumor mill yeah. here. One, the possibility of reviving Vine, which was the right. TikTok predecessor. I don't know how that plays in. I haven't heard much about that, but that's an interesting. It would be interesting to have a counter to TikTok since, you know, the CCP controls TikTok. People, people love Vine. <laughs> I know. I'm, I never understood that story. Including the poor guy who created it and was like, maybe this is his moment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So he was he was pre-TikTok. And then there was one more. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The idea that the verified might have to pay for their verification. Oh, yes. The blue checks. Now, I, I didn't tweet this, but I was thinking to myself, and we're going to get to this story next. Mm -hmm. if, there's, if there's one thing that could make blue checkmark Twitter relinquish a 24-7 conversation about political violence, meaning everybody on the right should shut their mouths mm -hmm. before the election. Yes. <laughs> because that was the conversation going on due to the next story we're going to talk about. It would be starting a conversation about how they might have to pay for their blue check marks. Their coveted blue checks. Let me ask you this. <laughs> and how much yeah. those blue checks... I'm worth more than $20 a month. Is I'm that... worth more to you, Elon, than you are to me. Is that, there, is, there that was... how, is that the rumored fee? Subscription of 20 I think he's just messing with them. Well, here's the other $20 thing. $20 a month to keep your blue check mark. It, to keep it. But they're not suggesting you can pay for the blue check mark. Like if you don't have one. Say, well, if I... If I pay enough, will I get the blue checkmark? I check think the, mark? the blue no. checkmark concerns from my community, if I may speak yeah, for my yes, community, yes. <laughs> are that there are a bunch of, in this new dangerous world of words, that people would come in and try to impersonate you. Now, that is a real thing oh, that sure. happens, and it should be policed. But there's a lot of very conceited, like, the, people come to Twitter for to listen to us yeah. blue checkmarks, yeah. and how dare he yeah. treat us this way? That's right. 
So I, I kind of think he's just sort of messing with them. Yeah. Not be surprising if that's the case. Taylor Leone, Shonda Rhimes, Alex Winter, and Sarah Bareilles are among the celebrities who have left the platform. Devastating. And I think I replied to your email about this with, speaking of air quotes, celebrities. Mm-hmm. They're out of here. I was surprised, you know, I was, the, the biggest surprise on that list was Taylor Leone, because I thought she was gone after that killer wave hit the East Coast at when the comet crashed into the Atlantic. <laughs> oh, sorry, that was Deep Impact. Sorry, I get, I get confused. I, yeah. and, the, and the other name No, was, now she's, yeah, now she's now president, she's, I think. Oh, yeah, she's president. Yeah. Oh, well, Madam Secretary, right? Yes, you know, yes. Madam Secretary. <laughs> and, then, and then on that list was Alex Winter. And I'm like, Alex Winter from Bill and Ted's? The, the second best star in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And, and, and The Lost Boys, that Alex Winter, what are we going to do? That's the one. He now makes movies, okay? Okay. Anyway, so those guys are gone. And in addition to trolling them, Elon did get in some hot water this week right after he bought the Twitter because he shared a news story that yeah. was unreliable about from an unreliable source about a terrible attack on Paul Pelosi in his house in San Francisco. This is Nancy Pelosi's husband. Yeah. It happened which day was that? Saturday? It was like Friday, I think. Friday. It's- it happened near the weekend. And as usual with these things, I observe a rule for myself not not to be commenting on the specifics thereof. Most people in media do not observe this rule and jump to a lot of conclusions and yeah. go far beyond what we have. But I like And then to... we'll do everything in their power to prove that they are correct. So. Yes. It's it's not a good impulse. It's not a good impulse. Um, first of all, it sounds like Pelosi had a successful surgery after he was attacked in this. Good. It was with a hammer. By do a an, lot of damage with a by hammer. A home, so by a home invader. It's terrifying. Yes. Yeah. Police responded. The original police... Press conference is a little confusing. Yeah, it was a little confusing. This is where a lot of the confusion and rumors had or originated from that and the and the the original sort of the way the police reports were right sort of because there was described. originally they came for a welfare check or did yes. they come because nine one one was called and then yeah. it was there were three people in the house but mm-hmm. then there were actually two people in the mm-hmm. house but it it has been clarified several times over. Now, here's where the problem comes in: is that the press in its zeal, in its absolute just fanatic desire to shut up half the country decided very very quickly this Mm -hmm. is the narrative this was a political attack it was inspired by MAGA messaging from Kevin McCarthy and other run-of-the-mill GOP leaders and therefore and this is not an exaggeration on some of the news shows therefore the GOP should probably stop like running ads yeah especially ones that mention Pelosi now granted the attack is terrible. All political violence, should we find that it's political violence? All violence. violence. Yes. All yeah. violence. Yes. Without jumping to conclusions on it, is bad. However, the media has a real talent for jumping to conclusions when it serves the narrative. Yeah, well, deeply invested And in for it. excising basically any reference to political violence that mm-hmm. might go the other way. Right. Now, this guy, by the way, it sounds like, has swung from sort of lefty paranoid All delusion to righty paranoid delusion yep. over his time as, an, as a nudist activist in the community mm-hmm. of Berkeley. There are plenty of signs that would be sort of totems of either party mm-hmm. mixed in with this, which creates sort of like a grab bag actual mental health mm-hmm. problem that is fed by political radicalization. That, yeah, that seems to be what's going on here. point here. But I wish we could just be, like, a little more nuanced about observing that instead of, like, clearly this is a MAGA dad who showed up at Pelosi's. Yeah. Like, that's not and a pay g- no attention to his past, <sighs> his extremely recent past, you know, living in this sort of hippie commune and sometimes, you know, sleeping in the school bus. And Michael Schoenberg, actually, who's a liberal, and he had written that book, San Francisco. Yes. And he, he knows a lot about the area and the people there. And he said what this speaks more to is the drug epidemic that's gripping San Francisco. Yeah, and he he went and visited the guy's house and took pictures and learned things from his neighbors. The Washington Post has since written some more nuanced things Mm -hmm. that are like, okay, well, this guy thought that a fairy manifested itself to him last week. His girlfriend says he thought he was Jesus for a year. There's some real... The San Francisco Chronicle also mentioned that. So it's not like he was just watching Tucker. 
You know what I mean? It's just, well, that's, and GOP political and ads. Again, and and saying, again, that's it, fired as up. I always say, even with political, politically inspired attacks, they yeah. do not justify media using those events to shut up American citizens who are engaging in routine, that's right. normal political free speech. Yeah. And it is astounding to watch journalists who are supposed to be in favor of free speech, but really it's just their speech, just be like, we should probably stop. You guys should probably stop. You guys should probably stop talking just for safety's sake. And again, if you want to say that, you should be very sure of what inspired the attack. Right. So as my former colleague and former editor-in-chief, Matt Continetti, used to tell the newsroom, we only know what we know, so don't get out there and start making yeah. guesses. Go out, report, investigate, and then we'll... And if somebody else wants to throw something out, let them do it, you know, but we're not doing it unless we absolutely know. My question is, if you're pointing out a party's politicization of politicized violence and your recommendation is that that party then no longer actively campaign mm-hmm. with a... <laughs> Less than a week or whatever week, to go. Week to election day. Yeah. Are, are are they in a way politicizing? Also, well, yes, it kind is. Of? It is a it is a way to press one's advantage. Yeah. In the wake of a very bad incident, the- that is that is what that is for. And by the way, if you only observe one side's bad behavior in this mm-hmm. way, and you only report on it, and you very lightly touch on the other sides, mm-hmm. and you try to convince everyone that only one side has this problem, yeah. What you are interested in is not stopping political violence. What you're interested in is shutting people up. That's, and that, that's right. By the way, I'm going to play. This is from Face, this is from Face the Nation. This is like a, a network yeah. news show talking to, I believe, the head of the House venerable, A venerable news show. Head of the House Republicans' re-election efforts just saying, hmm, let's see, what, what, would, what would fix this problem? We're talking about this this morning when a couple of years back, when a Bernie Sanders supporter shot Steve Scalise. Which was horrendous when a Bernie Sanders supporter shot Steve Scalise, I never heard you weapons. or anyone else in the media trying to blame Democrats for what happened. We need to stay we focused on what we're all doing. We did extensive coverage of what happened to Ex- Steve Scalise. There's extensive Nobody news coverage, Nobody tried sir. to equate Democrats' rhetoric. People I'm not saying, talking about your rhetoric. I'm talking d- about what you posted. You're shooting same. a gun. Our viewers just saw it. Yeah, right. Hashtag fire Pelosi. Exercising our Second Amendment rights, having That's fun That's not a debate about the Second Amendment. Yep. That's not a debate about the Second Amendment. Hashtag yes, fire Pelosi. Yes, it is. I, I'm, Do you I'm not running understand that that is suggestive to people who are in a bad state and in this current environment, how risky it is? As you're talking well, I, about the importance of lowering the rhetoric. I disagree with Why you. Why do you leave that up? Again, I never saw anyone after Steve Scalise was shot by a I'm Bernie Sanders about right supporter now, trying to equate, is happening equate Democrat now. rhetoric with those actions. Please don't do that. So the incendiary <laughs> language that I've seen people complaining about include terms like fire Pelosi. Yeah. You know, not fire on Pelosi. No, no, no. Just fire. Fire Pelosi. You're, you're which supposed is, to run to take Nancy Pelosi's job without mentioning yeah. Nancy Can Pelosi you do that, please? Is what you're supposed to do. With eight days out. It we're eight days out. Can't you just stop talking? Do you do you, that was Tom yeah. Emmer who was responding to this Face the Nation host with a real look, I appreciate her transparency yeah. here. But look, I have been there for these stories. I was I was manning actually the Daily Caller's front page the day that the Jared Loftner shooting of Giffords happened. Yeah, Gabby Giffords. And how everyone I was there for the national media's conclusion immediately Mm -hmm. that this was inspired by a map Mm -hmm. that Sarah Palin had used that had targets, like crosshairs on it. And and, and referring to, you know, targeting candidates. Right. This, of course, ended up not being true at all. Mm -hmm. But in many people's head, it's cemented because that was the early story. It's also cemented in the heads of the New York Times, who some 10 years later wrote... (laughs) wrote an editorial that mentioned her inspiring this attack by a paranoid schizophrenic who was obsessed with Giffords and it had nothing to do with politics. So there you sort of like, you create Mm -hmm. an event that Mm -hmm. is driven by right-wing violence. Then we have the congressional baseball shooting during which I worked. I was on set at CNN during those 24, 48 hours that an attempt at a mass execution of GOP members was covered intensely for 24 hours, Mm -hmm. pretty thoroughly for 48, and then we were done. Yeah. We were done. This is a point I made on Twitter and got in trouble with CNN for making it, but it is real. 
It is real. And as a comparison, and I've checked this stat many times, I think I've said this on the show before, just to give you some perspective, I lived a block and a half from the congressional baseball field. The vans were gone within 48 hours. Mm -hmm. I checked. Elizabeth Loughton. Do you remember Elizabeth Loughton, the staffer who said mean things about the Obama girls on Facebook one time on her private page? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Journalist vans staked out her parents' house for longer than they stayed at the congressional baseball. That's a real Yeah, Yeah, that's a real stat. It's a real stat. So if you care about political violence, please denounce it on both sides. Don't act like a jerk on Twitter. Don't spread things that aren't true. But the idea that saying that both sides engage in this and that that's very bad and noticing it and noticing the media's very uneven treatment of it, to say that that's the hacky thing is crazy town. Yeah, well, that's how that's how far they've gone. On on CNN yesterday, an anchor scolded one of the panelists for mentioning both sides, and it oh, yeah. was at the end yeah. of the segment. So that after the after the scolding about how dare you, because it's not both sides; it's only one side whose elected officials are running campaign ads that say "fire Pelosi," etc. And thank you, panel, for all coming. And that's the end of the show. <laughs> and Christine Rosen mentioned this, and, and, and I love her, and she's great. And she said. Really? Nobody on the left ever said to chase out Biden administration officials from restaurants and and, and Maxine Waters, the congresswoman, saying about so that they are not part of polite society, that they can't leave their homes, they can't go into restaurants, they can't walk down the streets. And this happened. This happened to Kirsten Nielsen, the former Department of Homeland Security secretary under Trump. But when she was shouted out of a restaurant. You see, by noticing that, Vic, you are contributing to the problem. That's right, because... Yes. Because. By the way, and and I, the other one I want to mention, by the way, was Sarah Huckabee Sanders Yeah. at the Red Hen, but the one in Virginia, not D.C., and how the restaurant refused to serve her. And you know what they said? We'll serve your friends, but we won't, you, you, we won't give you <laughs> Look, food. And they said, we could give you a glass of water. Right. Nice. Let's, because what, what is happening hydrated. here? We want our enemies to be hydrated. Let's just do the last several months. Yeah. I can, off the top oh, of my head, no. give you three incidents of right-leaning canvassers being physically attacked. Right. Two of them put in the hospital. I'm not sure about the Abbott ones. Then we have a SCOTUS judge assassination mm-hmm. attempt, which was explicitly politically motivated. Mm-hmm. The Also as, zip ties. Like as in, the as in this case, the, the perp said, yeah. this is why I'm here. In mm-hmm. the case of Paul Pelosi, he was like, I'm trying to get Nancy Pelosi and I'm trying to hurt her mm-hmm. so I can take her to Congress and tell all these people there are consequences for the actions. The... Uh, so we have the three canvassers, the cam- the assassination attempt on Kavanaugh. We have an assassination attempt on Lee Zeldin, the Republican nominee for governor, governor in New York. New York. And the actual murder of a teenager yeah, in, in North Dakota, yeah. explicitly, again, because the suspect told police he did it over politics. The yeah. teenager was a Trump yeah. supporter, was a Republican, and the, the other guy was liberal. Again, I don't want any of you to shut up or be kicked Mm -hmm. off Twitter because these things happened. But we must acknowledge that they happened or else we are painting a false picture. Right. Right. I mean, that's just the last like month or two. Right. But media is very invested in these things not happening. So they don't get a lot of coverage. They're either they're either sufficiently biased as not to as to not mention them invested in shutting up right wingers Mm -hmm. to use the other side's violence for that purpose or as we noted from Eric Wimple's piece about finally saying James Bennett, the New York Times, shouldn't have been fired, yeah. they're scared to buck the conformity cow- of the whole thing. It was, it was cowardice. Thing. It was an angry mob, and they were scared, and so they just let it happen. That's right. They don't like to get outside the, mm-hmm. the circle. And on the break-in itself, on all of these things, which, again, I don't tweet about as soon as they happen, like whether it's Marco Rubio's staffer being attacked right. or this, because establishing the facts is important. And especially establishing facts if you're going to use these incidents to argue that your fellow citizens should be less free. Don't do that. No. Don't do that to begin with, but make sure you got the facts right yeah. if you do. Anyway, I was trying not to spend too much time on this. I hope for a, a very fast and full recovery for Pelosi and that everyone feels safe in the near future. But Same. That's <laughs> all I can say. I condemn it. I was saying, I was saying to somebody, sometimes when political times feel so crazy. I just think about the fact that Gerald Ford, who seems to be such a non-objectionable figure in Mm -hmm. American history, Mm -hmm. had two assassination attempts on him within the space of less than a month. And one of the perps 
was a Manson family yeah, member. Yeah, Squeaky Frog, like, right? Things were crazy, uh, yeah, y'all. Yeah, things were. Yeah. And they were a whole string, perhaps though. The, I mean, going perhaps, back from. Perhaps yeah. that's not comforting. Maybe things will just get weirder. From, from Kennedy in 63, right, to Bobby Kennedy, Martin Luther King, George Wallace, and then the attempts on Gerald Ford, and then the attempt on Reagan. So, uh, you know, those are bad times, too. All right. What, what am I going to use to uplift everybody? Not this next story. Okay. I was going to say. <laughs> In the Atlantic, Professor Emily Oster, of whom I am a fan. Yeah. I, I noticed the byline. And said, uh-oh. Yes. We, right. Uh-huh. Let's declare a pandemic amnesty. Her wish is that... In order to have a productive conversation about how we move forward on the things that are really hurting people in the wake of COVID policies, such as, like, oh, I don't know, devastating learning loss, that the key is to not be so mad at each other and just move on from it so that we can have a productive conversation about moving forward. This piece was not real well received, to no. say the least. And let me let me point out one thing I do think, and Look, you don't have to know her entire history, but I do think she was a pretty important figure on this. Yeah, she was. A lot of people read the headline and got really mad at The Atlantic, understandably. She is a person who does have some standing to argue that we should forgive people who were mean and dumb during COVID and used the government to hurt you. Because she was one of the people who argued early for school openings. Oh, all that. Yeah, absolutely. And she took a lot of slings and arrows for it. So yeah. let me just put that out there. She's not... She's trying to be magnanimous. She's not you the know. person... Who was like, shut it all down and no. did all the bad things. And now saying, and now, give me a pass. And now no. wants a pass. However, this will be used to give people a pass mm-hmm. who are Randy Weingarten, who, by the yeah. way, promptly tweeted, yes, I'd like my amnesty. Sure, I would like amnesty, too, if I had done terrible things, gotten billions of dollars for it, and then yeah. wanted to be forgiven. Yeah. A lot of it unspent. <laughs> I mean, it, it's sort of like, you know, I'm glad that they can admit that they're wrong now, but as... You know, and we, on this show, we've been saying it for some time. Some of us knew a lot of these policies and positions people were taking were insane at that time based on common sense. Yes. And also just basic science. The idea of closing playgrounds, beaches. Yeah. You couldn't go to the beach. Yeah. Because you get COVID. You're going to notice a theme, which is, now her argument is like, look, a lot of this was just uncertainty and fear. Now, her contention is that all of these mistakes were made in good faith. I do not think that is true. And I think you have to make a distinction between spring of 2020 and fall of 21 mm-hmm. and then spring of the I mean, fall of 20 and then yeah. spring of the next year when stuff, some of the school stuff and the masking of toddlers. Right. Even now, the masking of kids is still a yeah. fight yeah. in various places. And states like California have the COVID emergency being extended yes. to February, yes. end of February. In Washington State, they're very graciously lifting it this week. I wonder if that's because they, they hear the, the knocking on it's the door too little, for, too late. for Senator Murray. Yeah. By the way, if, if Washington State is in trouble, the Democrats are in very deep trouble. Yeah. This uh, is not what the DCCC wants to be spending money on, no. the SCC, in terms of races in blue states. No. That's not where the money's no. supposed to go. So, But I think this leads to some of our my election talk, which is that If there is no attempt to say sorry from any of these people who I think did act in bad faith in many cases and were abusive about it. And just like if you're going to use the story of an attack on someone to hurt half the country and tell them not to use their free speech. Mm -hmm. Same with this. If you're if you're unsure about what to do about covid, maybe you shouldn't be maximally certain as a public health official and used maximum government force Mm -hmm. to keep people from like, I don't know, attending their grandmother's funerals. Yeah. There's a thought. Like you could just like add a little leeway in there. Probably one of the worst things ever, if not the worst thing, were loved ones who are not able to see terrible family members in the hospital, nor have a wake or a funeral, and it's just over. And elected officials, by the way, who were telling everybody to stay home and then going out to the French laundry and their kids were still in school because they're private schools and they don't have to listen to the public schools. Uh, that was terrible. But people made people. I mean, the policies were insane at the at the time. It just they did not make sense. They were illogical. And I think about two things. One, in the District of Columbia, actually restaurants everywhere where you had to wear a mask going from the hostess table when you walk in to your table, which takes less than a minute. And then you could spend two hours with your mask off and somehow you're safe. And the other thing is in the District of Columbia, they had the rule, which was at 10 p.m., 
you have to remove all alcohol from yes. customers' yes, tables. That was such so a good 9, rule. 9.59 p.m., you're safe. It's yeah. okay. 10.01, COVID out of, here. out of here. And you know what? A And I mentioned this before where a restaurant manager told me, like 10.02, inspector comes in looking for violations. Yeah. We know what's going on. <laughs> so, but I think this plays in the election. I actually, again, I really like Emily Oster. She wrote the greatest book about pregnancy called Expecting Better. Mm-hmm. If any of you are pregnant and you haven't, haven't read it or plan to be pregnant and haven't read it, please read it. It's amazing. It busts a lot of myths. She's great with data. I disagree with this strongly because I don't think that you continue to hand public accolades and rewards and money right. and power to the same people who want to retain these powers that they hurt a bunch of people with. And this is where Democrats and media hurt Democrat or media, but also Democrats have not sort of reckoned with this. They don't understand the residual anger no. about all of this. They don't understand that it changed coalitions. It turned a lot of sw- it's turned a lot of Democratic women in Northern oh, Virginia yeah. into swingy women, at least, and not in the and not know, in the good in way, the, in the innocent way, yeah, <laughs> in the less interesting way. Uh, suburban housewives yeah. into swingy voters, <laughs> and. They, do, they didn't see that. They didn't see it coming with Youngkin. They again don't see it. Yeah. And my argument is that underlying, like, COVID set the kitchen table issues. Economy, mm-hmm. a little bit of regi- residual school stuff and COVID policy, crime, all this stuff came out of COVID policy and mm-hmm. people are still very angry about that. Yeah. And one of the reasons they're angry about it particularly white suburban women, highly educated, is because they had these school fights. They weren't recognized. They're, they were abused oh, by yeah. public officials. There was no mea culpa. And guess where their reckoning is going to come? They're not looking for no. giving out amnesty. They're looking to punish these people. That's and it right. comes at the ballot box because Yunkin was the first chance. That's right. This is the second chance. What we seek is accountability. Yeah. That's it. And by the way, the row voters that they were hoping for, you see in polling this week, among white suburban women voters, this huge swing, I believe it's New York Times polling, mm-hmm. huge swing toward the Republican Party since August. Because in August, the Roe thing, Dobbs thing flared, right. and then it came back down, as we said it would, and a bunch of these women are still mad about the things that they face in their daily lives and yeah. the fact that people are asking for amnesty who never said sorry. And I actually, in the end, we might want to thank Emily Oster for reminding people that they are super angry about Yeah, this. I know. It it, it, it sort of like it fired them up again. I think Because it I think part of us are like, okay, let's move on. But you do not want to forget people like Randy Weingarten, the position they took. And Who in, is yeah. stumping in Michigan for Gretchen Whitmer, yes. for the Democratic governor candidate, I mean, the incumbent governor in Michigan. It's like a gift. She just keeps on giving. She just keeps on yeah, giving. Great reminders. <sighs> All right. I'm not uplifting anybody today. No, this Even is th- one of these, you know, it's okay. <laughs> I do think I do think that that sort of national conversation about whether we should give COVID amnesty mm-hmm. is probably firing up a lot of people in this last week. And Did- now those are Twitter denizens. But Twitter, de- Twitter denizens, although not reflective of real life all the time, are reflective sometimes of volunteers on campaigns. Yeah. Yeah, so- that's right. And you sent over a very funny video. On TikTok. That's okay, what I was mentioning on TikTok. <laughs> regarding COVID amnesty. Yes, hold on one second. This is this is a nice encapsulation. We might there have we to go. get some bleeps in here of how people feel about this. Hold on. Look, 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 look. They want everybody to forget and forgive everything that happened during the pandemic. We were all in the dark. We were all afraid. Like, nah, bitch. Like, that was like we all got kidnapped and put together on an island, and then all of y'all bastards were like, we should eat them. And we're like, what the f***? And then now they took us off the island, and we're just looking at you on the ride home, like, and you're like, oh, wasn't that crazy? And we're like, nah, b-. You tried to eat us. <laughs> I didn't kick you out of those stores. I didn't ruin your job. I didn't tell you you couldn't come to the family reunion. I didn't tell you you had to drop dead of a heart attack because you didn't get the jab, so you're not welcome at this hospital. There ain't nothing to forgive on my side, baby boo. This is a you problem, and we're still talking about it. I mean... Let's not forget the insane. The point of that video, which is, by the way, he reminded me of Chris Farley, the late Chris Farley, didn't he? He did. These are the feelings people are having. You know, that, that's yeah. right. And I'll never forget, for example, the, the story, which was, I believe, in the Washington Post at the time with the dad who was lamenting the conflicted feelings he had because of the COVID pandemic shutdown. 
and his two little girls were fighting with each other and then one was in tears and he wanted to go hug her but he felt bad because he was afraid his tears might maybe possibly give her the COVID. <sighs> and you know what? To his credit, he hugged her good, but, good, good. you know, the, the idea that, that that was going to have, you're all living in the same house and, you know, isolating your children and this and that. I mean, that, like this is 28 weeks later. A lot of bad stuff happened. Yeah. A lot of bad stuff happened. People are still mad about it and they are going to go to the polls. Okay. Thinking about it, Okay, the last story, again, not uplifting. I apologize, everyone, but it's, you know, maybe maybe infuriating, like fires you up a little bit this week before the election. This is from The Intercept, where investigative journalists Ken Klippenstein and Lee Fang looked into a bunch of leaked public and part of a lawsuit documents out of the Department of Homeland Security and found leaked documents outline DHS's plans to police disinformation. You'll remember on this show we covered the disinformation board that they announced publicly because they are so blinkered as to think that doing that was a great idea. Starring as head, our, our... our our star of local theater groups, Nina Jankovitz, as the, she was something as the czar. But there's much more to it than that, as you might imagine, when you go looking around the federal government. And essentially, what they found is that part of DHS, there have been several squads, several departments formed to originally to sort of watch over mm-hmm. the influence of ISIS and certainly foreign entities on our social media. And on the Internet, because, of course, those are places you want to be concerned about. But with the defeat of ISIS and, frankly, I guess not enough foreign influence to look at and also the fact that it's the government, some of those forces and squads and departments have been turned, wouldn't you know it, on the American people and their speech online. Our domestic enemies. Yes, Yes. our domestic enemies. So I, I have a couple excerpts from this. It's a very long piece. You should read it. Like I said, the intercept. Let's see. One of the things I pulled up is the very same Vijaya Gad, Getty, Gad, Gad, yeah. Getty from Twitter. Let's 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 hear about what she was up to. Okay, in June, the same DHS advisory committee of CISA, which is the 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 squad used for this, which includes Twitter head of Legal Policy Trust and Safety Vijaya Gad, and University of Washington professor Kate Starbird, drafted a report to the CISA director calling for an expansive role for the agency in shaping, quote, the information ecosystem. The report called on the agency to closely monitor, quote, social media platforms of all sizes, mainstream media, cable news, hyperpartisan media, talk radio, and other online sources, end quote. They argued that the agency needed to take steps to halt the, quote, spread of false and misleading information with a focus on information that undermines, quote, key democratic institutions such as the court's or by other sectors such as the financial system or public health measures. Gee, how could any of that be misused at all? No, that's that's great. This is like this is like real collusion. You know, this is the Ministry yeah. of Truth. Actually, also, also yeah. monitor us harder, baby. Yeah, like who are these people? I'm I'm curious who who do you think gave them the documents? It would be funny because this happens just after Twitter changes hands, right? I wonder, it would be funny if it's like Elon Musk being like, oh, hey, look what I found here. Why don't you well, there's, help me with the story? There's currently a lawsuit filed by Eric Schmidt, who's now running for governor of Missouri, but is the attorney general right now, to try and determine how much misinformation and disinformation was actively censored on, for instance, uh, the subject of COVID sure. by the likes of Anthony, Anthony Fauci yeah. in collusion with That's right. these big social media organizations. And I think we're going to find quite a bit because there's... An entire infrastructure mm-hmm. here that is dedicated to sussing out icky things that Americans say. Right, right. It's not good. Somebody was bringing up, for example, NPR saying, you know, two years ago that, you know, scientists tell us COVID jumped naturally from species to species. Therefore, end of discussion with these conspiracy theories that it came from China, you know. Right. And, and anybody who disagreed with that. Was, was getting mm-hmm. censored and banned from Twitter. Mm-hmm. But of course, then that changes. Turns out that wasn't yeah. a baseless yeah. conspiracy theory. Okay, so here's one good example. We can close with this just so you guys yeah, yeah. can, can grimly chuckle mm. at this anecdote, as I did. During the 2020 election, the Department of Homeland Security, in an email to an official at Twitter, forwarded information about a potential threat to critical U.S. infrastructure, citing FBI warnings, in this case about an account that could imperil election system integrity. 
well, this has got to be good, right? The Twitter user in question had 56 followers, along with a bio that read, DM us your weed store locations. Hose be mad, but this is a parody account. Under a banner image of Blucifer, the 32-foot-tall demonic horse sculpture featured at the entrance of the Denver International Airport. Clearly an enemy to society. Let's read on about what terrible things it did. Quote, we are not sure if there's any action that can be taken, but we wanted to flag them for consideration, wrote a state official on the email thread, forwarding on other examples of accounts that could be confused with official government entities. The Twitter representative responded, quote, we will escalate. Thank you. Each email in the chain carried a disclaimer that the agency, quote, neither has nor seeks the ability to remove or edit what information is made available on social media platforms. So watch out, Blucifer, <laughs> and your weed store locations, and your 56 followers, because the FBI, the DHS, they yeah. all have their hands in working with Facebook and Twitter to shut you up. I do love how the story was broken by The Intercept, and in particular by a friend, in quotes, of the Beacon, Lee Fang. It's like a slow motion mugging by reality, really. But no, I mean, they're doing good work. I, yeah. You know, I mean, you got to give credit. I mean, this well, thing and is this huge. Is... Except for it's, I don't know how, you know, how, how much is this being covered by mainstream media? Well, it's in, it will be interesting to see, and this is a very, this just broke today. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how many Republicans speak up about this, about this and yeah. Democrats speak up about it, yeah. and then how much Republicans might actually want to look into it oh, come January. after the election. Yeah. For this reason, one of the things that conservatives, and I was one of them, who like had concerns about the Patriot Act and DHS, but I wasn't like full-throatedly against them for various reasons yeah. that some of them were good and some of them were not. This stems from that, guys. This yeah. is the thing. The libertarians are like, uh-huh. Yeah, we remember, told you so. Remember when is, we told yeah, you so not really, that, yeah. that this apparatus mm-hmm. would be used against American citizens? Here it is. So the point being, are you mad about everything I talked about? Go out and like volunteer on a campaign because the reckoning is coming on Tuesday. The Great Reckoning. Next Tuesday. Not the Great Reset, the Great Reckoning. Okay, <laughs> that wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer on Substack and Instagram. Oh, and I do have a Substack piece about how the Democrats just pulled their seat out from the kitchen table and just never addressed any of these issues, which is why people are so ticked and going to swing the other way. If you want to check that out at Substack and MK Hammer Time on Instagram for... Fat Thor and thin, I mean, Fat Thor and Fit fit Thor. Not thin. Baby, you're not thin. He's got a little condition called bigorexia. If he hears that, will not be happy. Those arms are gigantic. All right. Check it out. Thanks for being with us. This is Nebulous Media Podcast. (laughs) 